and welcome to Culture Cast. I'm Jack Lipsy, your host for this program. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we get started, we do have a few shameless plugs to get through, so please bear with me. If you haven't done so, go visit us over at thedailyapologist.com. We have articles, videos, podcasts for your reading, viewing, and listening pleasure. Also, go visit us on Facebook. Give us a like and a follow there so that we know that you are keeping up with us. We update it daily, so we hope that you will find it informative and encouraging. And also, we have two Twitter accounts. The first is at daily underscore apologist, at daily underscore apologist. And the second one is actually my personal Twitter account, at Jack Lipsy at J-A-C-K-L-I-P-S-E-Y. I would appreciate you giving me a follow over there and keeping up with what I'm doing. Uh, in fact, the more followers that I get, the better I feel as a person. So just keep that in mind. In fact, that kind of leads us in to the question that I want to ask, which is also the title of this episode. What is a person? You might think that the answer to this question is pretty self-evident. Well, Jack, a person is a human, a human being, and vice versa. A human being is a person. However, this question today is more complicated than it sounds. It used to be the case in the traditional sense that to be human was to be a person. These thoughts, this idea, these words were used interchangeably. When somebody said person, they knew human being. Somebody said human being, they knew person. But these have been broken into distinctions today. In fact, a lot of the information that I'm going to be giving you today is comes from a book that I received earlier this year. It was published earlier this year by Nancy Piercy called Love Thy Body. In this book, she answers hard questions about life and sexuality, and she talks about a particular theory, which I will be giving you in just a minute. But here, uh, in this book, she actually gives some distinctions. I have some quotes that she gives. Uh, First quote is from Joseph Fletcher, and he says, What is critical is personal status, not merely human status. In fact, I would encourage you to go look up Joseph Fletcher and, and... read up on his views on abortion, eugenics, and also how he feels about those with Down syndrome, which might affect you personally if you know someone or have a loved one with Down syndrome. Also, uh, another quote, Hans Kuhn says, A fertilized ovum evidently is human life, but is not a person. And one person you might be familiar with, Peter Singer, He says, The life of a human organism begins at conception, but the life of a person, a being with some level of self-awareness, does not begin so early. Peter Singer is kind of infamously known for holding the view that parents, uh, personhood could even be questionable for children up to three years old. So a parent or parents could still decide whether they want their child up to three years old And then, of course, at that point, you could just do whatever you want. Nancy Piercy says this. Here's kind of the conclusion that she makes based on those quotes. She says, To be human is no longer equivalent to being a person. Human life has been reduced to raw material 
with no intrinsic purpose or dignity, subject to whatever purposes we choose to impose. So, to be human is to exist physically. But to be a person is... Well, no one really knows. In her book, Love Thy Body, Piercy breaks it down to personhood theory. Now, this is actually developed from Francis Schaeffer's description of a two-story building. And the lower story is empirical science, that which can be tested, that which is obvious to our senses. But then in the upper story are morality and theology. These are separate, they are distinct. Piercy, though, with personhood theory, she says that it's as simple as the lower story being the body and the upper story being the person. The body, then, can be used for whatever purpose the person decides. But one of the things that we see is that in the earliest stages of human development, it's now being shown that children in the womb are merely biological bodies and not people. If we can get this down, if we can show that the child in the womb is not a person but is just a clump of cells, it is just a piece of disposable human tissue, then we can justify continuing on with abortion and killing human life. So if, be, if being human is a given just by existing, when does someone become a person? Well, all we have are arbitrary guidelines. Going back to Joseph Fletcher, he proposes 15 qualities to define when human life is worthy of respect and protection. Some of the qualities he lists are intelligence, self-awareness, self-control, a sense of time, concern for others, communication, curiosity, and neocortical function. Now, Piercy rightfully asks this, but which of these cognitive functions are really pivotal for defining human life? And how developed do they have to be? No one agrees. To choose any stage in gestation as the point when a preborn baby becomes a person is arbitrary and subjective. And why should we only apply this to the unborn? What about adults? Even adults possess these criteria in varying degrees. Are some adults more of a person than others? In fact, if we were to go all the way back to the American founders who wrote in the Declaration of Independence that humans have unalienable rights that are endowed by their Creator, they believed that rights come from some transcendent source that rights come from somewhere outside of humanity. If they don't, then rights come from the state. They come from the government. And we know exactly where that leads. It leads to tyranny. It leads to oppression. It leads to an even more arbitrary list of criteria to say, you are a person and you are not. Whatever the government's definition of a person is, is what counts. And they could draw the line anywhere. Because this group of people has, this certain, have, has these certain characteristics, they are people. Because this group over here does not have certain characteristics, they are not people. And we can do with them whatever we wish. 
And then if one government goes out of power and another one comes up, all of a sudden the rules could change. Well, because this group over here has particular characteristics that we deem worthy of respect, they are people. And this group over here, because they do not, they don't. They're not people. And so the, the, the criteria could constantly be changing. But the founding fathers were wise enough and smart enough to look up and say, no, human rights, human rights come from something outside of ourselves. But as it is today, there is not a clear, agreed-upon moment when someone moves from non-personhood to personhood. There is no clear line. In fact, if we're talking about the unborn, some would say that personhood begins at conception. Some would say that personhood starts at 20 weeks. Some would say that personhood starts the moment the baby is born. Some, like Peter Singer, would say that you can wait three, four, five years before personhood really counts. So which is it? Is it conception? Is it 20 weeks? Is it birth? Is it five years? And then what about those adults who we would clearly say are people by these arbitrary list of, of criteria we would say, well, yeah, they do have some of this, but they don't have a lot of this. Uh, but because this person over here kind of meets all of them, they're more of a person than this person who doesn't meet some of them. It just, it just begins to spiral into absurdity, to where nobody knows ultimately what a person is. We can't answer the question. Well, I think this, and I think this, and you know what? Because of relativism, y'all are both right. I can't say you're wrong. Because then that would be mean and narrow-minded and bigoted and all of those other things that we like to throw out today. Let me make a proposition. I'm going to say that the only approach that makes logical sense and the only approach that is actually all-inclusive is the Christian concept of a creator. You might be familiar with Friedrich Nietzsche. Here's what he says. Another Christian concept, no less crazy, has passed even more deeply into the tissue of modernity. The concept of the equality of souls before God. This concept furnishes the prototype of all theories of equal rights. Without God, rights are an illusion. Without God, rights are a myth. Without God, I can say rightfully that some people have rights and some people don't. You could say the exact opposite of what I just said, and neither of us would be wrong. Unless rights come from outside of ourselves. Nobody can have any more of a claim over rights than somebody else unless they are in power, unless they are governing by force. And then in that point, if they tell you that you are a person or they say that you're not a person, what else can you appeal to? But even Nietzsche said that the concept of the equality of souls before God is the one that furnishes the prototype of all theories of equal rights. Going back to Piercy, she says, A Christian concept of personhood depends not on what I can do, but on who I am. 
that I am created in the image of God and that God has called me into existence and continues to know and love me. Human beings do not need to earn the right to be treated as creatures of great value. Our dignity is intrinsic, rooted in the fact that God made us, knows us, and loves us. Just give this a thought. Jesus himself doesn't just appear as a 30-year-old man. But instead, Jesus started at the earliest stages of human development. This is how high God values the unborn, that the Son would subject himself to the smallest form of human existence and grow from there. What is a person? A person is a human being. A human being is a person. There is no distinction. And the longer we try to make the distinction, and the longer we try to draw this out, the further down the rabbit hole we're going to go, the more confusing it's going to be, until it is just completely subjective. And then finally, when we start to revisit some of the same things, same themes that the 20th century already saw, what are we going to do then? What's going to happen when a government looks up and says, you know what, we just don't like you, we don't think you're a person, and now we can do whatever we want. But unless, unless rights come from somewhere beyond ourselves, unless our value comes from beyond ourselves, we are only going to destroy ourselves. So what is a person? Person and human being, they are one in the same. And I would really encourage you to, to kind of visit this question and visit this whole thought and this idea. Do some studying. Find out, Read on your own and find out what you can. But this is the only thing that makes logical sense that is all-inclusive. You know, we talk about inclusivity today. The fact that God created all of us, the fact that we are all made in His image, is the only thing that includes everyone. So I want to thank you to, uh, for being here today. I do have one more thing to tell you about that's starting or launching Monday, October 22nd, so just coming up this next week. We over at The Daily Apologist are actually launching another website called The Apologetics Report. This is going to be a resource for Christian apologists by providing the very best articles, blogs, and podcasts published in apologetics, theology, and philosophy from week to week. It will be updated every Monday to kind of give an overview of what that week has looked like, and then we are going to be uh, launching another podcast in conjunction with the Apologetics Report that is going to be hosted by Forrest Antimasaris. Uh, so we hope that you will be looking out for that. You should start seeing advertisements for that on Facebook, on Twitter, and on the Daily Apologist website. So that is another thing we are excited about, to give you more resources to be able to go and to study and to educate yourself we thank you so much for joining us here today. Again, go visit us over on the website, on Facebook, on Twitter. And we just hope uh, just to encourage you and to inform you, especially here at CultureCast, 
I'm just happy to be able to have this opportunity to keep you updated with some things going on in culture, some ideas. So thank you so much for joining me, and have a wonderful day. Testing, testing, one, two, three.